G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. We're casting our attention across the oceans again today to Africa and the nation of South Sudan. And you might recall it began the South Sudanese separation from the north because of a religious conflict. We like to talk about these types of issues with Elizabeth Kendall, who's a religious liberty analyst. Elizabeth Kendall, welcome back to 2020. Hello, Neil. Elizabeth, what's happening in South Sudan today? Because uh, the Christians primarily moved to the south. There was Islamics in the north, but there's all sorts of turmoil that's going on in the Christian south. That's right. And I think, you know, so many Christians are all around the world feel so deeply invested in South Sudan, having prayed for, uh, you know, up to 20 years for these people who have fought for their religious freedom, fought for their right not to be Islamized. Uh, here they are now with their own nation, and there has been so much rejoicing in the church around the world. And within a couple of years, it's descended into civil war, into a, into a tribal conflict. Uh, so you know, a lot of people are showing a great interest in this with a great desire to pray. Uh, what happened was uh, in December of last year, there was a, a conflict erupted within the presidential guard. That's the guard that uh, you know, looks after the, the president, uh, Salva Kiir, and uh, it was a tribal issue. Uh, it, this is something that's been going on for a long, long time, the recent element has been going on right through, uh, right through last year, where the vice president, who is an ethnic Nuer, has been agitating for uh, a higher profile, for more power. He really wants to take over the presidency, and Salva Kiir, the president, has not really not been able to handle it. I think uh, terribly well. But the roots of the issues go way back, way back into the civil war itself when the same thing happened. And Rick Meshar, the same, the same man, this ethnic uh, newer uh, fighter, rose up against uh, the then leader of the Southern Peoples, uh, Dr. John Garang, who was leading the SPLA, and he sort of challenged him for power, accused him of being a dictator, and then went off and formulated his own ethnic army, uh, a newer army called the a White Army that went and started killing Dinkas. So you had not only, during those years, you had not only this fight, this jihad, this religious war between the Muslim North and the Christian South, but even then, within the South, there was this Dinka-Nua conflict going on. And Khartoum, that is the capital of, of the North, the Islamic North, uh, they realised there that they could weaken the southerners by fanning the flames of this uh, tribal conflict and they supported Rick Meshar through those years. So what's happening there, you've got the Christians in the south, the Islamists in the north, but the tribal fighting in the south is weakening 
the resolve of South Sudan to the point where Khartoum becomes a threat to almost uh, take over, uh, uh, to fan the flames of violence and struggle and war? Well, yes, I see that exactly the same thing could be happening again. Uh, I have no doubt that Khartoum is once again uh, supporting Rick Meshar, while it's also claiming to be supportive of uh, President Salva Kiir. And what happens is already Khartoum last year, uh, Sudan invaded South Sudan and crossed the border. There were border conflicts uh, on more than one occasion. There was fighting uh, over border territories. So the situation is very serious because if the, uh, the Southern Army, the SPLA, if it's split along tribal lines and the tribes are fighting each other, they are not going to be able to repel a, an invasion from the north. And uh, Khartoum has been building up its military presence along the border with South Sudan. So there's a very real likelihood that, uh, the, that, uh, that Sudan could invade the oil fields of South Sudan, which are just across the border uh, uh, during this time of, of insecurity. And that would be absolutely devastating for South Sudan. So, Elizabeth, the old saying, united we stand, divided we fall, is really something that could happen in the South. It is. And, uh, you know, that's just, it's just, the whole thing is just so supremely tragic uh, but it, it goes to show what can happen when deep-rooted um, uh, tensions aren't resolved. See, what happened at the end of the Civil War uh, uh, and after John Garang died in a helicopter crash and Salva Kiir became the president of, of the Southern Sudanese is that they brought Rick Meshar into the government. He was appointed as vice president in the name of reconciliation. And his newer army, his white army, was just absorbed into the southern army, all in the name of reconciliation. But, of course, what it did was it meant all these suspicions. There were soldiers that were intensely suspicious of each other. There were professional soldiers that now had to work alongside, uh, you know, ethnic, what were ethnic rebels, untrained people who had got their support from Islamic Khartoum, so there were immense tensions in the army and there has been uh, tensions in society and the, the tribal groups have not been able to really get over this whole trauma and it's all been suppressed in the name of peace and reconciliation. But, you know, you can't really have true, genuine peace and reconciliation in the absence of truth. Well, what they need and, and justice... But certainly truth, they need like a, a truth and justice commission where there can be, I believe, in a godly way, a way that only Christians can do it, where there needs to be a time of confession and repentance and genuine biblical reconciliation. Without that sort of healing, South Sudan is in real trouble. Reconciliation is the challenge. And as you say, it happens best under a biblical ideal. And uh, I guess if you're praying for that part of the world, uh, one of those issues would be reconciliation. Absolutely. And just for, uh, for the courage, for people who need to, uh, to confess sins, you know, those who have uh, maybe even 10, 15 years ago who, who were involved in massacres, uh, that they will, will have the courage to confess it and to repent of it, 
that those who are victims and who now harbour pain will have the courage and strength and grace to forgive because without these things, there is Sudan has a, has a future that is just uh, mired in trouble. Well, sometimes we think of these sorts of conflicts as somehow or other happening in a secular way, but inevitably there does seem always to have some sort of religious conflict in the root of the problem. And I guess uh, you've got to be able to approach these things with resolution by looking at a a religious resolution. Uh, Elizabeth Kendall, just a pleasure talking through these types of issues. And I'll point people to your religious prayer bulletin, uh, rlprayerbulletin.blogspot.com.au, where you can get more details about what's happening in South Sudan It is a place in need of our prayers. And Elizabeth, thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Thanks for having me, Neil. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.